Hi, I'm Hillary Walsh, a serial entrepreneur, award-winning immigration lawyer, law professor, TEDx speaker, and raving Phoenix Suns fan. Over the past decade, I've helped thousands of immigrants live free in the United States. I'm talking work permits, social security numbers, green cards, their citizenship, VAWA, T visa, U visa, and lots of successful appeals. Here's the thing. Immigration law is super complicated and legal advice, well, it can be pretty expensive. So I created the Immigration Law Made Easy podcast to share my 10 plus years of experience with you for free. So if you're looking for tried and true, no BS, step-by-step strategies and tips on how to win your immigration case and live truly free in the United States, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. One of the things that we have to prove in a VAWA case is that you have experienced extreme cruelty from a certain family member that either has status, so they're a U.S. citizen or a lawful permanent resident, or that you used to be a family member of, so maybe it's like your ex-spouse. But many people don't know what extreme cruelty is. In fact, I work with a lot of attorneys I have worked with over the years who don't really understand exactly what USCIS thinks of extreme cruelty. So we're going to cover that today so that you can see all of the things that I've had success with in filing probably over a thousand VAWA cases in the past four years. So you can see like front and front and center, front row, exactly what we have found works, not only with our filings with USCIS, but also on our extensive research based on congressional history, on manuals and on working together with hundreds of other immigration lawyers across the United States to see exactly what works in the VAWA context. If you're new here, I'm immigration attorney Hillary Walsh. I'm here to give you as much information as possible for free because I believe that immigration law is complicated enough and that if you've experienced VAWA in your life, my goal is to help you get to the other side of this difficult time, okay? The amazing thing about VAWA, before we jump into what extreme cruelty is, is it helps you fix your status without leaving. So it also helps you if perhaps you've left the United States and your spouse or your kid who's a U.S. citizen over the age of 21 won't petition for you, but you've experienced extreme cruelty or battery from them, you can even consular process with VAWA. So it helps you if you're in the U.S. be able to Get your green card, um, depending on kind of what your other situation is, if you have the permanent bar or not, that's always a, a consideration. But it helps you get protection here in the U.S. without leaving and going to a consulate in your home country. By contrast, if you're already in your home country, it can also help you get to the U.S. without your family member's involvement. So It's a really amazing tool. I use it all the time. And as someone who is a survivor of domestic violence myself from when I was a child, I am a champion for you. If you've experienced extreme cruelty, I am a champion for you and I'm rooting for you. And that's why I dedicated not only a lot of my podcast, Immigration Law Made Easy, to talking and sharing about what VAWA is, but also YouTube channel being somewhere where people can learn more about what VAWA can help you do. So let's dive into exactly what extreme cruelty is. I'm going to share this spreadsheet that we have created. And if you want a copy of it, you can send me a, you can send me an email. My email is hillary at newfrontier.us. 
send me an email and I can send you a copy of this. So let me kind of zoom in here so you can really see what we've got going on. Let me first describe, and if you're listening to this on audio, maybe you're driving and you can't see this, or maybe you're listening to this on the podcast, you can't see it, just shoot me an email, hillary at newfrontier.us, and I will send this to you no problem at all, no strings attached, okay? Because we use this in the firm, and I would love to gift it to you if it's something that's helpful for you as you evaluate what do I need to do in terms of whether this is a VAWA case or not. So extreme cruelty is really broadly defined. It's something that, you know, in the law, you can have very specific things where if it's like not these three things, then it's not extreme cruelty. But that's not the way extreme cruelty works in immigration law for immigration law purposes because it's very broadly undefined. And so we have to kind of feel around a little bit in the dark as attorneys to see exactly what does and doesn't work. And here's from the guidance that we have in our firsthand experience. If you see one of these things that are in bold, any single item, and this is not legal advice, so I wanna stop right here and say that I have not talked to you and I am not your attorney. And if you use my checklist, and you say that this should be sufficient without talking to me, please know that this is not legal advice. This is just something that we use in our firm and then as a general screening tool and then go deeper with our clients to show that they, they qualify for VAWA across the board. Because, you know, I'll be really frank with you, just because someone has, um, you know, perhaps done something horrible to you like, um, you know, we can go down here farther and it's, it's where someone has spit at you someone has spit at you, it's your husband who's a U.S. citizen has spit at you, but you also happen to have a drug trafficking charge from 10 years ago, I would not feel comfortable filing for VAWA for you because not only do we have to prove the extreme cruelty component, so spitting at or on you would be extremely cruel from your spouse. However, you have to prove good moral character. So just because you check one box for VAWA doesn't mean you check the extreme cruelty box or the battery box doesn't mean that you qualify for VAWA because we have to go through each of the, the requirements for being able to apply. So today we're just talking about extreme cruelty. And if you see these things in bold, those are things that we have found should make you eligible one and done for being able to apply for VAWA, for the for satisfying the extreme cruelty or battery component, okay? That's all this is about. Doesn't take into consideration the good moral character piece, okay? And then we've got an asterisk here. You can see where if throughout this chart, you see that there's an asterisk, that means that we might be looking for a, a T visa. We may want to apply for a T visa for you instead because at New Frontier, we do a lot of TV so work for people who, you know, some people may think that it's domestic violence, when in reality, it's not domestic violence, it's uh, labor trafficking or sex trafficking in the home. And we just have to evaluate whether or not the best strategy based on the client's desires and needs, whether they, we should advise them to file for a T visa or for VAWA, because they may qualify for both. And in fact, using the example that I just gave you where, you know, let's say that someone has experienced rape in the home, but they have a, a drug trafficking charge from 10 years ago. 
Well, because I know that a T visa can help with waiving and forgiving things like drug trafficking charges. It can help. It's not a guarantee that it will do it, but it's a possibility where with VAWA, I cannot usually waive that. I would say, okay, this unfortunate thing has happened. Let's have a conversation with, with you about whether a T visa is more appropriate given that it can help you overcome this criminal history. So that's kind of a sidebar, a little extra bonus lesson. Let's get into what is extreme cruelty for VAWA purposes, okay? So we've got across the, the top here are really your main, you know, five, six types of categories of extreme cruelty. And again, you can have just one of them or you can have, usually you have all of them or, or several of them, okay? So you can, extreme cruelty can show up as physical abuse. And I think that's what most people would go to when they think of the Violence Against Women Act. That's what VAWA stands for. And I can see where attorneys or perhaps other form preparers might think that it really is centered on physical abuse. But we know as we have, you know, this, this law, this, this VAWA was created, and I always joke and say that it was back when President Biden, Joe Biden, had hair. So this statute has been around for a very long time because dear um, Pappy Joe, uh, Grandpa Joe, doesn't have much hair anymore. But this statute has really stood the test of time because extreme cruelty is so much more than simply physical abuse. I don't think that in the 90s when they enacted this, uh, anyone was as aware of what real domestic violence and real extreme cruelty in the home was like. And we're becoming more and more aware of it because more and more people are able to escape it and to talk about it and to get therapy for it. And we're just a more advanced society now. So fortunately, the statute was written to say extreme cruelty and not just physical abuse. So again, this is a broadly written statute, not narrowly. So physical abuse is one of the types of extreme cruelty. Emotional abuse is probably the most common type of extreme cruelty that I see in my, in my firm. Emotional abuse, especially when it's coming from American, you know, 21 years old and up toward their undocumented parents. That emotional abuse, that emotional cruelty, you know, and even in this chart, we call it abuse. And I think the word abuse really makes people think of very, very intense, almost violent things. But emotional and verbal and psychological cruelty often is very insidious. It's very almost hidden and just below the surface, but it is very, very toxic. Okay. So we have emotional abuse. We have sexual abuse. That's another type of extreme cruelty, financial abuse and cruelty. And we're going to go through each of these in this video and in this podcast. And we also have verbal abuse. Last but not least, we also have a category called psychological abuse. Psychological abuse is so common in our relationships. I had no idea. I had no idea how common it was until we started asking questions about it. So let's start with psychological abuse and we'll work our way over to physical abuse. You'll see that I really think that physical abuse, most of it is, I think, pretty common sense just, just as to put a pin in physical abuse. But what I want to say is that threats to physically harm someone count as physical abuse for USCIS purposes. 
lunging or leering at someone, hitting their car, um, throwing someone out of the car and making them walk and driving away really fast in a way that puts them in danger. All of these, in my professional experience, I would put in the bucket of physical abuse or physical cruelty that may not necessarily qualify as battery. You know, in Arizona, for example, there's no definition for battery. In Nevada, however, battery is the harmful or offensive touching of another, or you can have attempted battery, so the attempted harmful or offensive touching of another. But in Arizona, you know, we, we just don't have a definition like that. So a lot of what I do spends more time with extreme cruelty because I don't have a definition for battery, okay? So if, you know, if someone's attempting to harm your kid or they're attempting to harm your pet, it, I mean, even if it's your pet fish, you know, if they're, they're gonna threaten to flush the fish, that I would put in the physical, physical abuse category. I would put that in the emotional abuse category and I would definitely put that in the psychological abuse category because people are using these, you know, your relationship with these, these people, with these pets in order to control you. And that is extremely, extremely cruel. You know, it's just not okay, okay? So psychological abuse is anytime your, your spouse or your ex, and if you're a young person watching this, young person being someone who's under the age of 21, and let's say you don't have status, but your parent is a lawful permanent resident or is a U.S. citizen, you qualify. You could qualify for VAWA too, as long as we file before you're 20, I think it's 23 years old, okay? Yeah, it's 23. So if sometimes every time you're, uh, or not every time, but if your family member, your U.S. citizen spouse, your ex, every time they get upset, they break things, they slam doors, pictures fall off of the wall, that is psychological abuse because they are freaking you out and making you feel unsafe. They make you feel like you don't know what's going to happen next. People who have a hairpin trigger temper where it's like you just don't know what's going to set them off before they go into a rage of emotion. Those are people who are psychologically controlling you with their emotions. Their emotions make you feel unsafe. And one of those things I see a lot is smashing things smashing your cell phone, um, cutting off your access to the outside world is a form of psychological abuse and control, okay? Um, smashing the remote, hitting the, the wall and breaking a hole into the wall. Um, those are things that are psychologically abusive. A really big common one as we move down this list is using your immigration status against you to gain power over you. So saying things like, I just don't know what you're going to do if immigration finds out that you're here. If we're gonna get a divorce and we're gonna to have to fight over custody with the kids, do you really think that you know the judge is gonna give you custody over our kids when you could be deported if someone happened to call and tell immigration you're here? That type of thing is absolutely psychological abuse because it's controlling you and showing that they have power over you. This is a common theme I see so often. I did a whole TED talk on it. You can Google Hillary Walsh TEDx and you can watch. I give a lot of examples 
about this type of cruelty because I see it so much in our, I call it mixed status homes where one person has immigration status, so they're a citizen or they're a resident, and the other person doesn't. And you know, relationships are super complicated and what ends up happening is when one person has more power than the other, if you get you know a little upside down in your relationship and things are off balance, that power starts being used against the person who doesn't have the power. So the having immigration status starts to be used as a tool against the person who doesn't. And it can be very, very harmful, okay? Stalking is a form of psychological abuse. Following you around to make sure that you're going where you say that you're going. This can even be I'm just worried about you. I want to follow you and make sure that you're going where you're supposed to be and that no one's going to harm you, that you're there with good people and that, you know, immigration isn't going to find you. All of this starts to turn, especially as we piece things together, like threats to deport you or turn you into immigration. More psychological abuse is displaying violence against someone else. So if you're in an argument and they start to display violence against, like I described earlier, hitting the wall. That's, that's displays of violence. But if you're at a bar, let's say you're out having drinks one night and you and your um, spouse get into an argument. I have personally been in a drunk argument with my spouse, so there's no judgment here. And I've seen plenty of drunk arguments when I've been out and about at bars. It's just alcohol fuels things. And if they get into a fight, like they shove someone else while they're, while they're sober, while they're drunk, it doesn't really matter because they're displaying their, their violent behavior around you and that makes you feel unsafe. This is a form of psychological abuse. And then we put down, when someone's putting down you or your parents or your, your family's heritage or your cultural traditions, so a lot of people will mock people, uh, uh, you know, a lot of Americans married to Mexicans will mock their spouse's Mexican-ness or their Hispanic or Latino-ness, the, the cultural traditions that they celebrate, you know, they'll really put them down for it. And that can show up in ways like, when are you going to learn to speak English? And I'm not translating for you anymore. You should have, you should know how to do this already. And, uh, you know, you, I'm not doing this for you anymore. You can figure it out. We see that happen a lot inside medical appointments from adult U.S. citizen kids toward their parents. You know, and maybe you're watching this. You're trying to figure out how to help your mom or your dad. And you're thinking, I've absolutely done that. And you can, it, it doesn't do any good for us to make you feel guilty. If you've done that, then you need to tell your mom and dad, hey, I think mom or dad, maybe I, maybe things that I have done can help you get your status. You know, maybe all of this is going to end up working in our favor. Thank God for, you know, another, another chance for our relationship to, to grow and develop in this new way. Because what I will tell you is that with VAWA, you're not going to get in trouble. You know, the, the government, USCIS, is not a, an investigating body. They're not going to open a police investigation against you. I mean, if, if you're raping someone, I, I think that's a, you know, if you're being raped, then I think it's a very different situation. But, you know, by doing the things that I'm talking about, you know, you're not gonna find yourself in any trouble. So that kind of ends our list for psychological abuse. I'm now gonna describe 
financial abuse. Some of our verbal abuse and financial abuse, they have some overlaps, but let's jump over to financial abuse because I think it's one of the types of cruelty I see that not a lot of people, and not a lot of people realize is actually cruelty. They think it's just the way that it is in their relationship. So the number one thing that I'm always surprised to learn people aren't more bothered by is that their spouse is, or their kid is threatening to report them to the IRS. So they know they're working under the table. They're filing all the taxes under, you know, the American spouse's taxes. And when they get into a disagreement, particularly if they're thinking about getting a divorce and trying to split up their money, they let them know that you didn't file taxes on all that money you were paid under the table for. I'm going to tell the IRS on you so that you get into trouble with Uncle Sam. Um, it doesn't have to be that direct. It can be implied threats as well, but that's a really common financial abuse, financial cruelty behavior. Another one is you're not allowed to go to college. You're not allowed to get this additional training. You need to go work at the job that you're at and make money for this family. You have to support us. Another common financial cruelty component is when, you know, I'll use, a, I'll use an example I used in my TED talk, which is a real world example where we were able to help this person get a VAWA, is going to Home Depot, standing outside Home Depot, getting day labor jobs. And then when they get home from the day labor job, the undocumented immigrant gets home, they have to give all of their day's earnings to their spouse for their spouse to put into the family pot of money and the immigrant doesn't get to have any say over how that money is spent. So they're basically going out and working and bringing all the money home. And they usually American spouse is who's in charge of taking care of how that money is spent. And uh, they have to ask for an allowance. They have to ask for money if they want to spend it. And that is considered from USCIS to be extreme cruelty in most cases, okay? Let's see, yeah, we covered allowance forcing them to quit their job. So I need you to stay home and prepare and take care of our home. I need you to stay home and cook and clean and do our laundry and take care of the kids. You need to quit your job, which cuts you off. If you're the immigrant, it cuts you off from having resources and having access to money. And that's where it goes from being just controlling over how we want to run our family to the underlying issue there is now you have to rely completely on me for all of your resources. Let's go up to some of our um, really common emotional abuse. And I will say that as you know, I'm reading through this, there's a lot of sexual abuse covered in here. And I'm just for the sake of our, um, our environment, gonna ask for you just to go ahead and and read through it. Uh, if, you, if you haven't been able to read through it, please do. But there's a lot of sexual violence in the world. And if you have experienced any of this, I ask that you please, you know, if, if you've experienced any of this, I, please reach out. We have resources for, for therapy, uh, low cost and no cost for therapy for people have, who have experienced sexual violence. And if you've experienced any of this, particularly if you are um, someone who doesn't have your immigration status, I personally want to help champion your cause and be your number one fan and help you with anything that you need. So please reach out to us at New Frontier Immigration Law. We are your law firm. If you've experienced any type of violence like this or any type of cruelty is the proper way of describing it like this 
but if in particular you've experienced any type of sexual cruelty, I, I hope that you will please stop what you're doing and just call us right now because we're the law firm for you. Emotional abuse is a very, very common, I mean, this is again where I win most of my VAWA cases. So if you're like, well, I, you know, Hillary's saying that if I haven't experienced sexual abuse, maybe I'm not the law firm for them. That's not what I'm saying. Um, what I am saying, however, is that emotional abuse is the most common type of e extreme cruelty that I have seen in my law firm and winning with USCIS, okay? So just, you know, if you don't have these other really, um, you know, shocking types of cruelty, like sexual or physical cruelty, let's look at emotional abuse and emotional cruelty because there's a lot here that you may be surprised to find that, you know, one of the things with VAWA is if we can show that there's a pattern or practice, so it's a common thing or it's a practice, it's, it's like so common that it happens um, every time he gets drunk, he does X or every time I get paid, he does or she does Y, that would be a pattern or practice. And that's where I see a lot of emotional cruelty come up. So making like this is this is uh, gaslighting, making them feel like they're crazy, playing mind games with them. What are you talking about? I'm the one who's here helping support you. Why are you wanting to send money home to your mom in Mexico when you have your family here to take care of? I'm just looking out for your well-being. I also had a case where a woman worked. Um, this was a this was a case uh, not in Arizona, but a really amazing case where I. I'm so proud of this family for raising their hand and saying, I think something might be wrong here, is I had a client who the daughter was an American woman. She was like 27 years old and she worked at a jail. She was like a, a warden type person. She wore a jail uniform and, you know, made sure that everyone who was in the jail was staying in their jail cell, jail cell. And the mom's an undocumented immigrant. And so the daughter would constantly like, you cannot leave the house they're out, they're going to find you. And then I'm going to be the one who's keeping you locked up. And she made the mom so freaked out that she literally became afraid in her own home that immigration was going to come pick her up. Now, the daughter was well-intended with this, but nevertheless, it was cruel. It's like if you and I were to go talk to our kids about all the rapists and child molesters out there, and that's all we talk to them about, that would be extremely cruel because of the fragile nature of our children with thinking about predators, similar to immigrants being so afraid of immigration enforcement officers. So even our best intentions can become cruel if they're taken to such an extreme that it becomes psychologically, I almost get emotional just thinking about this woman, or emotionally abusive because it's just too much. We can't freak people out and make them feel crazy or play mind games with them. So we have more types of, ex of emotional abuse here where, you know, why would you want that? Why do you, why do you need to go to Mexico and see your family? Aren't we good enough for you here? Why, you know, this is your family. I know that you have a step kid in Guatemala. I know that, you know, you had a child in Guatemala before you came to the U.S., but we're your family now. Why would you want to go back and see them when we're your family? My friends, this is emotional abuse, okay? Destroying possessions from your country of origin. This can include, it's so interesting how this falls into 
a, this is going to fall into a emotional abuse. And it's also something that could fall into a physical abuse because, and psychological, frankly, because if someone burns your passport so that you can't ever go anywhere and you can't leave and re-enter your own home country, that is emotional abuse. And it's something that we've won VAWA cases on, okay? Um, damaging, you know, if you have a, uh, if you've got really special candles, for example, and then smashing all of those, those are very representative of your culture, of your religion, and of your country of origin. That would be emotional cruelty. Making you feel jealous by like dressing up a certain way and then going out with friends and sending text messages back, knowing that, you know, it's not like you can come out and wrangle her home and bring her home. And then purposely making you feel jealous, knowing you can't really do anything about it because you lack immigration status and, and the feeling that you have status, this too is emotional abuse in USCIS's mind in most cases. Again, like this can't be the one thing in my opinion, otherwise I would have bolded it. I don't think just that one thing qualifies as emotional abuse, but when we put it together with you know, insulting your sexual performance and saying, you know, uh, really demeaning, emasculating things. Uh, this starts to become a pattern and practice that is extremely cruel. And this is where your declaration and really explaining your situation and explaining what's going on inside your heart and your body when this is happening. This is how we prove your VAWA case and we prove that you've experienced extreme cruelty. I think I'm going to stop here for now because again, I want to make this resource available to you. And what I will say is I'm going to scroll through this relatively quickly, not because of any other reason, but to show that, look, how much longer my list is for emotional abuse rather than any of the other types of abuse that we talked about. There are more examples that I have seen in the emotional abuse category than physical, sexual, financial, verbal, or psychological abuse. So if you're someone who's thinking, you know, I don't know, I don't think VAWA applies to me, or maybe you're an attorney and you're brand new to the VAWA space, welcome. Welcome, I am here as a resource for you if you want help with this. But if you're thinking, I want to apply for VAWA, but I haven't, I haven't experienced extreme cruelty, it's not been that bad. I hope that perhaps this has opened your eyes to see that Perhaps it has been bad enough. You know, there's always a story that's worse than yours. There's always a story that's worse than mine. But the good thing in the law is it's not a comparison game where it's like, ah, uh, this person's, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't nearly as bad as Maria's over here. No, the law has to be consistent across the board where if it's at the 50% the line, then it's qualifying. It doesn't have to be at the 60% because someone else's was. I hope this is helpful. Please give me a call if you need anything. I've got tiny humans coming in and I hope that you have a wonderful day and you can say hi to Lincoln. Hi. <laughs> um, I hope you have a wonderful day and you can call me, Hillary, or you can call Lincoln at New Frontier Immigration Law. If you need any help, we're here for you. My friend, I'm so glad you joined me today. If you have a friend or family member who may need some immigration law guidance or even just day-to-day -day encouragement, please send them a text or email or a DM on social media and say, hey, 
I think this podcast is going to help you. I sure wish someone had given me the tips I'm sharing here years and years ago when I was starting out as an immigration lawyer. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Adios.